This is Performance Deliver, insider secrets for digital marketing success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered Insider Secrets for Digital Marketing Success podcast. We talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. Today, we're going to continue our conversation with Brad Moss, CEO of Product Labs, about Amazon advertising. Welcome back, Brad. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. Last time we talked about top-level Amazon advertising, we, we talked about Vendor Central, Seller Central, and the difference there. We talked a little bit about pricing. We talked about the different type of ads that are available on Amazon. Today, I really would love to, to dive deeper into, into the Amazon topic and, and, and talk about how can companies start on Amazon? What is required? Where should a company or an agency start if they're interested in either getting a brand or their client onto Amazon? That's a, that's a good, pretty loaded question. Well, what, what our easy answer is they just start with us <laughs> and we'll take care of everything for you because that's what we do um, as a firm. Kind of the, uh, let, I'll, let me lay out just a few ways of uh, few things to think about as you're starting if you want to take a brand new brand into Amazon, some of the key things that you need to look at are, uh, one, see if your product's already in Amazon. Uh, someone else has taken it and put it up in there. Two, you want to really, you want to go through the brand registry process. The reason you do that is that you get extra protection inside of Amazon uh, when you do the brand registry process through Amazon. Now, to do that, you need a, you need a valid trademark uh, on your product. And, uh, and then Amazon gives you a extra brand control and brand protection. And they also give you some extra features when you're doing some advertising inside of Amazon. Um, and that process is kind of the longest one. That's why I say start that one right away. Then, um, you know, if you're launching a brand new product in Amazon, though, you know, you want to go in, you want to do some research around what the competitors are doing. Um, you want to look at some of the keywords that the competitors are using and, uh, and do some keyword research, whether it's through some Google tools. Uh, Amazon does have some third-party seller tools of people who've gone in and, and they kind of scrape some keywords and things like that. You can do a lot of it even manually, though, uh, looking at key, um, competitors and downloading how their listings are looking, what their, what's in their title. Um, most people try and put the most important keywords in their title or in their uh, the, the key selling benefits, which are the bullet points on the products. Um, I would go through and map out those keywords because that's going to help set the right foundation for your products of what you want to be selling um, or what you want to be targeting inside of Amazon. Because it's uh, Amazon's a little, it's, it's different than Google in that Amazon only cares about what's selling, really. <laughs> so if you want to rank number one, you got to sell more than the next guy. That's it. Amazon's whole thing is built to optimize everything towards getting most money out of the platform. And so uh, if to get number one, you want to be selling more than anyone else. And I think last time we used the, the word marker, I think we'll continue with that term of uh, selling markers. Um, but if I'm looking at the word keyword marker, whoever's number one, they're selling the most uh, for that keyword. Now I want to look at strategically, hey, is that such a big brand where I think I can get up to number one, two or three? Or do I want to look at you know more specific um, 
sub brand sub keywords which might be like dry erase marker or markers for the office or something like that where I think I could get number one on those key terms um, even though the traffic might be lower um, now that's you no know, I don't want to go too deep into in the keywords without you know further, further questions and whatnot but uh, I just want to lay out the foundation of you know you need to lay out kind of your keywords when you're selling up new products and new things you got to figure out what your keyword strategy is for your product because um, that's going to dictate how you set up your listings because you want your listings to be displaying and indicating the, the top keywords or the top keywords for your products. And then that rolls into your ad strategy because an ad, um, now let me, let me lay out the, the whole ad, the general ad strategy. What you want to do is you don't want to just spend money on ads. Um, you want to spend money on the keywords. You want to spend money on ads, sure. Someone will click on it and they'll buy your product. But you also want to spend money on the keywords that you want to rank better for. And so if I'm dumping a bunch of ad traffic into the word dry erase marker, I might get, you know, um, my return on ad spend for those particular keywords might be one. Um, but uh, I'm going to, I'm also going to boost my position inside of Amazon when I do that on dry erase marker. And so I'm going to get a bunch of organic traffic, so just natural traffic of people coming in who aren't even seeing my ads, and they're going to see my product and they're going to click on it. And so I might get a bunch of um, traffic through my organic ranking as well, but that's because I spent a bunch of money on the advertising word of, of dry erase marker. That's why you need to understand your full keyword strategy so you can combine those two and you're not wasting money on just spending money on ads. But you want to spend money on ads that, that improve your organic rank in the positions that you want to improve on. Because then when you put all that together, then you're looking at, okay, I'm doing this for a reason. I'm overspending on these keywords. That's fine because the organic sales I'm going to get as a return from that are going to be uh, worth it for my, uh, uh, for the, for the money I'm spending on my ads there. Um, so, you know, setting up things basically that I would, I would say, you know, kind of jumped into a some bunch of deep concepts there. But uh, you want to look at your keyword strategy is, is really essential um, and, uh, and trying to figure out what the right keywords are. Now there's, you know, I can, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you ask some more questions, but there's more <laughs> stuff in there too. So. so it sounds a little bit like as if you, if you have to buy your way into Amazon. So basically, if I heard correctly, you basically said, obviously, if, you, if you're selling a lot, you know, Amazon will favor you. The company sells a lot, Amazon got a bigger cut, etc. Um, doesn't that make it more difficult for new brands, new products to come into the marketplace? And if it's not the case, um, how does Amazon level the playing field, at least for a period of time? Yeah, so um, it doesn't, doesn't. So there's so every product that comes in has no index. So you can treat like a new product coming in on the net, on the organic search results, say the index goes from one to negative one, right? And I'm kind of a, I have a, somewhat of an engineering background, so sometimes I talk in numbers. But uh, say the index goes from negative one all the way to one, and, and you're going to come in at zero. So Amazon, right when a new product launches, you have no history. So you're coming in at zero. And what that does is that actually gives you a little bit of a boost in your position, your ranking position when you launch a product. So you have kind of a four to six week window of when of, of Amazon gathering data 
of how well your sales are doing. So someone's been on the platform for six months or a year and they get like one sale a month, they're going to be really low. They're going to be down to like the negative one of this index, right? If someone's been on Amazon and they're doing, they're at the top of their category and they're doing, you know, uh, maybe 20,000 unit sales a month, they're going to be one. Now you're going to come in between right at zero um, on this whole thing. So you actually kind of get a boost from people who've been on there for a long time. Now it's going to be harder for you to get, it still is going to be hard for you to get up to number one, but that's kind of the work you do. And that's what some of the advertising is, is going to be going for. Um, but that's the, uh, that's the, that's the general mechanism of how it all works. From a paid or from an, from an search organic perspective, there are several elements that define where your page ends up in the ranking. So in the search engine result page, does the information you have on or does a brand has on their specific product page have an impact on the organic listing as well? Kind of. There, there's a few things that you can fill in about the details of your of the back end details of your product that put you in different kind of categories and subcategories inside of Amazon. Now, no one really searches by those sub subcategories. People are all searching by keywords. Um, so I think it's like 85% of all traffic on Amazon is done through uh, keyword search. And so you do want to pay attention to where you're you're ranking on those keywords. Um, Despite, and you got to have those keywords in your product so that you get indexed for those keywords inside of Amazon system. Um, and if you have all that in, then it's all uh, it's all determined by how many people search for dry erase marker, what was the number one selling product for dry erase marker, they're ranked number one. Um, what's the second highest sales for dry erase marker, they're number two. What's the third, what's the fourth? And they update that algorithm every day, um, multiple times a day. Um, and so you could be shifting, you know, positioning all, all day on that, but that's generally how it mm -hmm. works. So kind of the app usually is kind of the shopping window, right? For, for someone looking for a product, um, then the landing page is kind of the, the store, uh, the shelf unit where the product is displayed. What are important elements of a product page that help sell a product are there are there specific information i mean you mentioned a second ago obviously more from an engine perspective from an algorithm perspective that that people should cover the keywords that describe for example a product or that they want to bid on but are there certain elements of the product page that people should have in order to generate higher conversion rates yeah definitely um as i was kind of mentioning last time um there's four key pieces that we consider vital for your conversion rate. And actually, when your conversion rate goes up or down, that's what, that's what we look at, those ones. And we say, hey, someone comes in, hey, you only have a 5% conversion rate. We want to get them. In Amazon, we would expect around a 10%, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and that's data you only get through the seller side also when selling through seller. You don't get that data when selling through vendor. Um, but uh, someone comes in, and uh, say you have a 5% conversion rate, we say, well, okay, let's look at all these four factors. And the four factors are the images, the, uh, the text that's describing your product, the price of your product, and then the reviews of your product. Um, you know, some people go crazy over the reviews. They have to have a million reviews. They all got to be five stars, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, reviews are only one of four different factors that contribute to your conversion rate. And, 
for example, we had a product that we launched that had zero reviews by the time it hit a million dollar run rate and uh, is because everything else was so well done with the product. So there's those four key factors. Now, let me talk briefly about images. We have a um, kind of a three, three types of images that we really focus on. Um, and those uh, are, in, terms of, in our terminology, we say you need three types of images for a product. The first type of images, so you can put nine images on your, on your display page. But the first image type that you put in there, we call product images. So those are, you're displaying your product on a white background. Um, and that's the best proven through analytics and everything, all the Amazon numbers is you got to have a product on a white background. So that's the, you do one to one to three of those images, maybe a front view, a top view, or a side view of your product just displaying that. Then the next one are what we call um, product feature images. So these are images that you call out specific features of your product, and many times they have graphical overlays saying, hey, here's this widget here. This marker lasts for 24 hours, and they have nice, you know, they have nice graphics on top of the, the products themselves that are calling out specific benefits and features to the product. Um, you can have two to three types of those, those images. And then the last bucket of images that we call out are um, what we call lifestyle images. And so these are, these are, what are, these are pictures that showcase how the product benefits the consumer. Uh, the consumer's lifestyle or what's the consumer's benefit um, in their life of this product and kind of showcasing that, right? So they might be selling dog toothpaste and uh, the last image is a dog licking the owner's face, right? <laughs> it's like that's the emotional benefit or the situational benefit I get out of having this product is the dog's licking my face. I'm not totally disgusted <laughs> because it, it breath smells good or the dog's face's uh, lips are happier or whatever. So those are the three main types of images that we call out that you need to have to really market your product well on that display page. Now, and images are one of the most important. Um, they're more important than, than text. They're probably equally important as the price and the, uh, and the reviews um, for that page. And we've, we've seen conversion rate jump, you know, 20, 20% or, or 20 points higher just by swapping like one image on that, on that page. So, um, I would suggest doing a bunch of A-B testing as you're, as you're adjusting the images and, and doing things like that. But uh, it's, it's pretty cool um, to see what you can do there. So it sounds like images are kind of the non plus ultra, right? Well, that you gotta think that's the conversion rate the most. I mean, it's, it's at the end of the day, you know, you mentioned four things, which is price, images, reviews, and gosh, what was the fourth one? The text. Yeah, the text. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're we're all most of the people are visual, right? And they want to see the products in a context. And doing that and right, I would assume already has a good impact on the conversion rate. That's right. And you got to think that um, you got to remember, over sixty percent of traffic is coming from mobile too. And mobile is all images, right? People are just scrolling through things on their phone. And Amazon doesn't even show some of the text on your page until way down later when looking at an item um, because people are just looking through the images that what, that's what they care about. Yeah. So yeah, images are a really big factor there. So then let's talk about reviews. So when on other media channels, whether it's search, Facebook, um, and all the others out there, reviews obviously play a huge role, right? It, it gets yep. this, this social 
a stamp of approval or the thumb down because the product is not good. Is there a way on Amazon to to collect reviews? So to to collect more reviews than just organically? So consumers have, or sellers have, they became obsessed with reviews about five years ago. And I don't know who set people up to it, but but sellers became super obsessed with reviews. What happened, and, and Amazon said, okay, sure, you can, you can give people a product sample and they can write a review as long as you, they disclose that on the web page and whatnot. Amazon reversed that whole policy and took down hundreds of thousands. Uh, no, they took down millions and millions of reviews um, when they reversed the policy. So the policy is now that you can't do anything uh, to incentivize a review inside of Amazon. So the best practice now is to provide A-plus customer service. I mean, as frustrating as it is for some, and some people do kind of, they try some black hat methods and tactics, but the the official way of doing reviews is to have A-plus customer service. So think of all the ways that you could provide nice customer service. Um, it could be, you know, giving product warranties, it could be uh, responding the moment something could be going wrong. Um, it could be uh, following up on a purchase uh, to ensure that everything is, is exactly as expected for the customer. Um, that's really the best way of, of getting reviews, um, unless you want to go into some black hat tactics, which uh, we mm -hmm. don't do and don't condone. How important are ad copies? when it comes to convincing someone to go to the product page and what impact do they have in creating a sale? So let me tell you two things. One is that there is no ad copy that you have control over inside of the sponsored product system or the Amazon marketing service system. So you don't have, you can't put any copy at all inside of your ads. Amazon doesn't let you, all it does is show your product and then it shows the product title. Hmm. And uh, so it's easy. Right? You don't have to do any ad copy. You don't have to do any of that. That's the only ad. Um, that's that core system. Now, there's another system that we didn't get a chance to talk to you uh, talk about last time. It's, it's a broader system, and most people don't have access to it. Vast majority of sellers don't. We do, and actually, we service clients. We can clients can come in through us, and we can get them up on this platform uh, into Amazon and do their ads uh, in this other way. But it's it's uh, the acronym is DSP. And it's like the broader display, ad display inside of Amazon. And uh, now this, this system allows you to have different placement, not just in that search results page, but you could have placement on like the home page of Amazon or in some product category pages inside of Amazon. There's, there's a bunch of other places that Amazon displays ads and you can have uh, control and do ads through this DSP system inside of Amazon. And uh, they've limited, they vastly limited who has control and who the gatekeepers are and whatnot. We're able to get some, um, a lot, you know, all of our clients in, and anyone can come into us and just go, come through us to do this system. But with those kind of ads, those are a little more traditional, right? Where you're doing, um, uh, it's, uh, it's like cost per um, per view of the ad and not cost per click. So it's kind of a different system there. And what people do is they generally use those to build better brand awareness. Um, but we've actually seen some really good results. We've even seen sometimes through the DSP system, you can get just as good or be better results on the, on the return on ad spend than you can through the sponsored product, actually. 
um, we've seen some really, really good results uh, using that system for some clients. Some clients, uh, it doesn't work as well, so it kind of depends. But uh, when you're using that system, then you do have creatives that you got to come up with. Um, and it's a little, but it's, it's not very large and uh, it's a lot more dispersed, but you, you know, you want them all to be called to actions. And, uh, and it's somewhat important in those scenarios, but not near, it's not as, as big or heavily scrutinized as I would if I was running some uh, Facebook or Google ads when I'm looking at my, my copy. If the advertiser can't determine what the copy is on the sponsored product side, for example, and, and the other two ad forms, I would say it's really important that your, your, the title on your, on your product page is, is properly optimized. What needs to go in there in, into the title to make it relevant, um, not only from an organic perspective, but also from an, from a paid perspective to not fall behind the pack. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a really interesting question that I don't know if there's any, um, any strong data that says, you know, particularly one thing or another about, Hey, you always should be putting in, you know, your top keyword first, or it's always second. Um, I think a lot of that changes on a per product and a per brand basis. Now, what's hard to, let me just say about titles is you don't want to change them too often inside of Amazon because then it can actually totally mess up your indexing inside of Amazon's system. And so uh, I would be a little more leery about changing your title willy-nilly inside of Amazon because it can mess up a lot of other stuff. Uh, as opposed to if I was just running an ad, I could you know change my ad as much as I wanted and and not worry about it messing up, you know, my product's positioning or rank. But your title, it can. Now, Amazon's given guidelines, uh, very strict guidelines of what to do for a title and uh, how many characters it can be. And Amazon wants you to have your brand name first and then the uh, in terms of your title. So, uh, you know, specimen markers first and then uh, black, you know, dry erase marker or whatnot. Um, you know, some people follow that, some don't. I would say I'm a little more liberal in terms of putting my brand name first. I mean, we have clients with really long brand names, and uh, I would hate to see the brand name just take up the, the full title slot um, when someone's looking on mobile because they don't even know what the product is because their brand name's so long. So um, I would definitely put the most important, I mean, just general guidance, Say I would say put your most important keywords that describe your product first mm-hmm. um, in, in your title. And if it's a dry erase marker, that should be your number one keyword that you're going for. Um, and a dry erase marker, black. We now talked about you know elements of a campaign. So keywords, we talked about the landing page. We just talked about copy, which which doesn't really exist because the system uses the the title from the product page. So we're ready to launch the campaign. Are the KPIs that a brand uh, should look at in order to determine whether a campaign is successful or not? Are they different to other digital marketing solutions out there? I think they're slightly different. Um, the main KPIs that we look at, um, as I mentioned, we have a you know we have a, a, a full metric stack that we look at um, products daily, weekly, monthly, um, and the key numbers that I'm looking at every time I look at into the deck to understand what's going on with the brand. I look at obviously the top line sales. I look at uh, what the traffic is that week, if it's up or down. I look at what the conversion rate is, if it's up or down. Um, I look at uh, your 
well, there's a number. So there's a couple other things that we look at. Now, let me explain real quick. Amazon, inside Amazon ads, sponsored product ads in particular, there's there's a metric that Amazon has displayed um, called ACOS. Uh, people call it ACOS. It's advertising cost of sale. Um, it's an ACOS. And uh, people have really focused on that number, but that number's uh, misleading, and we don't use it too often, actually. Um, well, well, what it does is the number shows you how successful that particular campaign is, but it doesn't show you how successful your overall advertising is in, inside of for a product. So, uh, but people get mixed up on that and they say, hey, I'm spending over 20% ACOS. That means, I'm, yeah, I'm spending 20 cents for every um, dollar of sale I'm getting, but that's only for that particular ad. And as I described before, if my ads are driving organic sales, um, and if I'm using the, the kind of what we, we call it the correct strategy um, of, of using ads for more than just ad sake and driving organic traffic too. We have a, a metric that we just, we just call ad spend over sales or ads over sales. And um, that's a number I pay a lot more attention to. And that's more of a traditional ACOS number that you would get outside of Amazon for marketing um, is what are my total ads, what's my total ad spend divided by total sales, not just the sales that came from ads. Um, and that's a key metric that you have to calculate on your own. Amazon doesn't show that to you. Um, but that's that's essential. Whenever we look at um, performance of products and ads, um, we look at, you know, I'm saying, what's my total ad spend, uh, ad spend over sales? Um, because, you know, if I'm spending, who cares if my A cost is, is 100%. You know, I might be spending five bucks and I get $5 in sales. But guess what? That could That could have launched me up on a particular keyword a lot higher. And I could be getting, you know, a hundred dollars um, worth of sales from that five, those five dollars of ads, and then that would get to the right, you know, ratio that we're caring about, which is being between five, five percent, like a really good ad spend over sales. Um, if you're lower than that, you're not spending enough money. Um, but uh, between five and twenty-five percent is usually what we see brands do in terms of an ad spend uh, on Amazon. Um, 25 is for you know a lot more aggressive and for those brands even who like like uh like a supplement brands who have a lot higher margin that they can give up but um there are different strategies within that five to 25 percent but that's a key metric that we're paying attention to to see how well your ads are executing and sometimes it's hey you know we we pump up a bunch of traffic and in new keywords because we want to rank on new keywords and get some organic sales from, from those new keywords but using that 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 metric, the aspen over sales is really uh, uh, really effective. Into seeing that. Right in the past, the data available for the Amazon advertising platform has been sparse, and reminds me a lot of the early Google days. Um, has, <laughs> <laughs> has Amazon gotten better with sharing data and and helping companies like yourselves and and brands? to get a better understanding of what works, what doesn't work um, in more detail? Yes and no. So you got to know how Amazon's run internally. Um, Amazon's run more like a thousand companies. They're not run like one company. So when you see something come out of Amazon, it's not Amazon. It's, it's one, one Joe Schmo in his department, one business leader like I was, who was just running his little department and sending an email out to sellers to notify them of one thing or another. Now, my department may be doing something totally counterintuitive to another department. <laughs> and 
And so you have to determine as a seller if whatever this is, this notification is coming out is useful for me or not. And if it's not, then you got to ignore it, you know, despite how flashy or fancy that that one communication may be. Um, now the reason I bring that up is that there are a lot more there's a lot more interesting um, metrics on Amazon when you're putting everything together, but their departments are all broken up internally, and that's on purpose on Amazon. It's It allowed us, you know, speed to develop more stuff faster, but really it just hurts the sellers in the end because you don't have a complete dashboard. You don't know what are the key metrics you should be paying attention to because an advertising, the advertising arm, arm of company of Amazon, they come in, sponsored ads team, um, and they may say, hey, look, here's all this cool reporting. and that's the reporting that they care about as the ads, but it may have nothing to, it may have limited impact for what really matters to you because you may need to understand, you know, what's going on with your FBA in conjunction with your advertising. And that's the reason that internally we've built a full tech platform and system that allows us to see across all of those different departments and look at the key metrics there. Thank you for joining the Performance uh, Delivered Podcast and sharing your knowledge about Amazon advertising. I definitely have learned a few more things, um, which is great. If people want to find out more about you and your company, how can they get in touch? Yeah, uh, you know, we have a website at uh, productlabs.ai um, or productlabs.net, we have both. Um, you can you can hit us a, a note inside the, the message there, or you can just uh, I think you can email um, I think it's uh, contact uh, at, at productlabs.net, um, or or just go to the website and hit that up, and you can uh, find more information about us, and we'll definitely hit you back. We always want to hear what people have to say, what their problems are, we want to help out wherever we can because Amazon is very confusing and. Uh, I understood how confusing it was from first-hand experience inside of Amazon because it was even confusing to the engineers who were writing stuff um, and writing the code. So <laughs> it's confusing to the consumers and the, the sellers out there too. Um, but yeah, uh, jump, hit our website and uh, hit us up and we'd love to um, help people out uh, or just uh, yeah answer questions or, or whatnot. So. Great. Thanks everyone for listening. If you like the Performance Delivered podcast, please subscribe to us or leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at SymphonicHQ. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience-focused and data-driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.